Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could have edited that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I said all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny B, and today I welcome picture book creators, Rebel Challenger, whose work includes Food or Friend, and is the illustrator of Mozzies vs. Flies. I also welcome Ziggy Cohen, rhyme enthusiast and author of Imogen Badley, The Vampires Next Door, Zombie School Teachers, Filthy Fogel, and the morbidly funny My Dead Bunny, which was shortlisted for the 2016 CBCA Picture Book of the Year Award, and author of There's Something Weird About Lena. It's very impressive. How how are you, Ziggy? Oh, great. I'm really happy to be here. And how are you, Rebel? Uh, great, thank you. Yes, very excited to be here as well. We'll start with an elevator pitch. Ziggy, can I can I go to you about Imogen Badly? What is that picture book about? Um, it's about a it's about bullying, really, um, but done in a very light-hearted, humorous way. Um, the main protagonist is is uh, her name is Sophia, and she's bullied by this character called Imogen Badly, who's about as as nasty a bully as you can get, um, but uh, I was interestingly I was writing the story I started a few years ago, couldn't think of a good ending, so I put it aside for a, about a year, and uh, then I thought of a great way to resolve the story, and uh, um, and I'm you know it, it I think it's unlike my other books it, it has a bit of a lesson in there on how to handle people who get in your face and who are obnoxious in a in the best sort of most uh, positive way and um you know I'm glad that I finally was able to write a book that had a positive message <laughs> as opposed to just straight humor a <laughs> dark humor too and we're going to talk about that later but yeah I loved it it was very enjoyable and you kind of flipped it on its head too like you know we don't want to do spoilers here but when you said you know the positive outcome it was you know it was flipped on its head and it was unexpected what happens next so that was pretty cool mm. Rebel, can I throw to you food or friend? Can you tell us what this little quirky picture book's about? 
So food or friend, it's not necessarily like a normal book where you've got the start, the middle and the end. It's more a series of standalone spreads where I have a bit of a tongue-in-cheek look at an animal that has a food in its name and I compare it to a food. So, for example, you've got a mandarin duck and then you've got a mandarin and I'm just pointing out, which is the obvious difference, but I'm pointing out as though nobody has realised it. So I head, I'm thinking, you know, if someone's making a lemon meringue pie, they need to make sure they grab the lemon, not the lemon shark. (laughs) Well, I mean... You know, how many people have lemon sharks just available in their refrigerator? Well, you never know, do you? You never know. You never just, know. Just in case. <laughs> Very quirky book. I really enjoyed it and it's really bright and the illustrations are great too and you were author and illustrator of that book, so that must have been a yes. different experience. It was. It was. It was a great experience. Um, I hadn't planned to turn that one into a book necessarily, but the publisher's um, asked me if I w- if I was keen on it or if that's what my plan was and we went oh may as well seems like a good idea let's do it and it started <laughs> as a small book uh, it was going to be just a hard little little children tiny children's book of six or seven pages or six or eight pages but then it became a bit too much fun so we turned it into a proper picture book as well <laughs> I love that that's a perfect process became too much fun so we did a bit more of that I like that yep. we yep, should yep. all do that get on board with that <laughs> Obviously, you know, picture books are, I think, they're one of the greatest sort of forms because they're the first books that kids will often be read to and they're really special because usually parents read them or parents or carers read them to their children, usually, you know, snuggled in bed and it's, you know, this really nice bonding experience. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're important books. So what do you want young readers to take away from your stories? I mean, you were talking about how this was a little bit of a departure in terms of, um, you know, that positive ending rather than just humour, but you do have that really cool, dark quirk throughout all of your books. So what do you want young readers to take away from your stories? Oh, just to enjoy them and, you know, sort of revel in the um, quirkiness of the the, the story. And um, I, I think rhyme is particularly great to work with when you're writing for young kids because they have short attention spans, a lot of them, um, and... Uh, and they love the music of the rhyme and they're anticipating the words, uh, the rhyming words. And um, um, really, what, all I can say is that I write for enjoyment and uh, um, hopefully it'll be a book that child can return to over and over again and, uh, you know, not get tired of it, stay fresh and, uh, and enjoyable for them. Mm, I love that. And that has stayed true in my house. I have a seven-year-old daughter who has read uh, There's Something Weird About Lena probably a thousand and fifty times. So I could probably, you know, recite that book word for word. So when I said I was speaking to you, she got very excited. (laughs) Uh, Robert, what about you? Um, What do you want young readers to take away from your stories? I think mine's just all about a little bit of fun. So you may accidentally learn something. You know, a few people have said they never knew that certain animals existed, that these animals I've used are actually real animals. So mine was, it's more about just having a bit of fun, escaping reality, but still everything is true that I've written. It just is seeing the funny side of things, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And kids need a lot of escapism and a lot of enjoyment. And I always think the joy is so important in books because that's what will allow you to become a reader, you know, a serious reader in in the future, just having fun with books. I do want to talk about rhyme a little bit. I mean, I saw in your bio you're a rhyme enthusiast and I love rhyme too, but do you find that it's easier to find humour in rhyme? Definitely. Um, 
often I have to admit when I do start out writing a story, I don't know how it's going to end. And I don't even know how it's going to progress. And I don't know where the humour is going to come in. But it, I find that because of the rhyming um, and the the uh, um, just the way that you have to spare every word and 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 think about every word, and sometimes rhyming words you find rhyming words that you weren't expecting to use, and you can slot them into the story. Um, so it, it sounds a bit haphazard, but it actually it's worked for me. And uh, I think that the that you know as long as you can keep focused on the the brevity and the the rhyme and the rhythm and keep that correct, it can be a fantastic medium for for kids mm. and for writers. And I, I think that's why most of the writers, certainly the ones that Larrikin uh, are writing in verse, because there's a lot of humour to be mined from from that form of, of writing. And uh, it can often take you into unexpected places. Mm, that's what I was thinking too, the unexpected, because instead of what you were maybe thinking, you then have to lean into the rhyme and you get these unexpected sort of passages or, or lines that come out because of that rhyme. So I like that unexpected humour. Now, Rebel, with um, Food or Friend, you were author and illustrator, unlike the one that's coming out soon with Sarah Speedy. Now, tell me what the process was like being both author and illustrator, because I imagine that must be quite different being given a manuscript and then having to illustrate it. Tell us about both of those processes. Um, with with the food or friend one, because I was both and I had sort of started on, on that journey before it became a book, I had already done a few of them. It was just my little baby so I could, I didn't have to really check when I do anything. So I felt pretty free with what I was doing. But that said, I was still pretty hard on myself, redrawing, redrawing, redrawing. Um, with mozzies or flies, I was ah, a little bit at first, Mozzie, mozzies versus flies, but it's such a cute story that I just couldn't help but to keep on drawing and adding so much, so many little bits and pieces in there because it was such a great story and great fun to illustrate. So I really enjoyed the process of working with the publishers and, and the author and getting the feedback um, to create the final book. It was really a great experience. Mm. And the illustrations of that book, Mozzie versus Flies, they're just incredible. They're beautiful. They're these full page spreads. The colour palette is just beautiful. I just love it so much. It's so fun. Yeah, I, I love that idea of Mozzie's versus Flies. It's cool, isn't it? It's very cool. <laughs> yeah, and the illustrations are just beautiful. Um, you know, I just want to ask you, you know, you, you got the manuscript and you, you must have had some ideas of what to do. Tell us about, because I think the colour palette, you know, for me, I'm not an illustrator, it's, I feel like it's very unique. So did you have that idea as soon as you came into it or how did you get to that sort of stage of, of, of what it looks like now? So with mozzies? Mm. Yeah. So with that one, it was in an outback town, so I wanted to make it a little bit sort of dirty-ish, grungy-ish, because you think of um, the red dirt or the dust and everything. So I wanted to do that, plus I have always liked certain vintage-type colours as well, just so I didn't want it to be as bright as food, food or Friend because that was extra bright. I wanted it to be this different, a bit more outbacky but still colourful-type book, so that's where all the the more messy kind of scratchy stuff came from and but it's still with a bit of colour in there, yeah. Mm, that's very cool because you put the books side by side and the illustrations are just completely different. Totally, totally yeah, different. It's fantastic. I love that. Because I, I couldn't imagine mozzies being in that very yeah. neat style of the food versus friend because 
they're just so different, the two books. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I love talking about feedback with um, authors, illustrators or any creators, really, because people take feedback in really different ways. There are some people that are really enthusiastic about feedback, like bring it on, you know, let's let's think about how to make this work as good as it can be. Some people need a bit of a walk around the block to process it. Some people are quite resistant to it. So I want to hear honestly, <laughs> Ziggy, what's your feedback? You, hear, you submit the manuscript, you're working with the publisher, they're asking you to change things. You feel like you need to hold it loosely. There are hills you want to die on. What's your process when you are accepting feedback? Um, I I appreciate feedback from the publisher. Um, I appreciate feedback from anyone before the, the book is a finished product. Um, I find that really helps because I sometimes get lost in my own words and I need to have some idea of whether I'm seeing it correctly. And, you know, just an outside perspective is always welcome. Um, but um, I must say when I read reviews, I get nervous. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Once the books come out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think reviews because will be scariest. I, I think, I think with my dead bunny, there were a few people who didn't react well to it. <laughs> Luckily, there weren't that many that wrote reviews, but um, I was aware of that. So yeah, but, but it was all like uphill that. Yeah, a book like that. Like I feel like the people who get it, they just love it, you know. And I feel like the people that, that may not have written the most flattering reviews, they probably just didn't get it. Did you feel like that? Because it's a it's a unique book. Um, yeah, I had, I had reviews on from people saying I'll never read this author again, and it's the worst thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> I think that means you've but, made it if you're going to make that much. Yeah, but I mean, splash. <laughs> They were they were they were the vast minority of, of, of reviews, so most of them were good. So I, I was okay with it. <laughs> but if you get a review that kind of um, oppositional, I think you've got to sort of lean into that and sort of yeah, frame put it on the wall. Because <laughs> I mean, it, that was um, shortlisted for a 2016 CBCA award, so you know people saw saw the greatness of that book. I love that though. <laughs> <laughs> Rebel, tell us about your um, your process of fee for feedback, both for illustrating and for writing. How do you cope with feedback? Um, I'm fairly good with it. I, as a my day job or my normal job, I work in newspapers, so that's a, a fast moving industry, and I get a lot of do it agains and start <laughs> again redos, and so I'm quite used to that sort of thing. So I went into this feeling pretty much the same. But I do find that because these things I probably hold closer to my heart, there was a few times, there may have been a few times when someone has said, oh, can we change this? And I'm, oh, no, I can't possibly. You know, I, I don't take it as well, I guess, or, or it's <laughs> a to the heart. But, you know, any feedback is good feedback. And you want to have, have that feedback because you want the end result to be as good as it can be. And I've generally found that any change I've made, I've, ended up going, oh, yeah, they were probably right, actually. Yeah. That's funny, isn't it? I've always yeah. got to remember you just got to hold your work loosely. You know, you've got to hold it loosely and and think about, you know, the best possible work that you can get. But it's hard. It's hard sometimes because you become really attached to some things and you, you have do. to go, just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll use it for something else or maybe whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it's really um, good to change your brain around, I think, yeah. and go, okay. Let's get into this mode. Nothing's precious. <laughs> now, I'm really interested in the entire process. So from manuscript to drafting, to submitting, to editing, to publication, what kind of journey is that for you, Ziggy? And what's your favourite part of that journey? My 
Reports writing. Um, my big problem is finding the time to write. But if mm. I if I had unlimited time, I'd be so much more productive than what I am. But as it, as as things are at the moment, um, it's my time's very limited for writing. But once I do start writing, I get so immersed in the process that a whole day can go by and I'm still working on one stanza. So um, and I don't like out, outward sort of um, interruptions or interference. Um, so for me, the writing is actually quite intense and fascinating and, and enjoyable. Um, the hard part, I think the hardest part actually is the editing. The hardest part is the editing because uh, usually when I finish a, a manuscript, I'm so thrilled with myself that I want to uh, get it off to a publisher and I have to really control myself not to send it uh, <laughs> until it's been edited many, many times and even after I've edited it and finally decided that's the last edit, I still find something that needs to be done. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, that the, the editing is the most important part for me um, and getting it right, getting it ready and right is, is, uh, is a, a happy moment for me. Mm. Uh, it's the I end of a long process. I love the enthusiasm. The enthusiasm, yeah. just want to get it out there. I love that. Look, look what I've done. But, yeah, I think sitting on it and giving it some air too is, is quite important. Rebel, what about you in terms of the process? What's your, the hardest part? What's your favourite part? Tell us about your process. Um, for me, um, whether it's writing stuff or, or illustrating, my absolute favourite part is the storyboard part of it where you're deciding which words and which pictures or how it's going to look. I just... I love that part because in my head I can see how it's all coming together and I might hand over a bunch of scribbles but in my head I'm going wow this is going to be great because I can see how it's flowing how the book is coming together and see where the words are up the top or down the bottom and just a lovely flow and imagine the kids turning the pages and following the pictures as they go along so that's my absolute favorite part of the whole thing the there's no worst part or bad part, really. I guess the scary part is when you know there's a deadline coming up and you've still got a lot to do. <laughs> so let's knuckle in and get it done. Mm. Ziggy, I like how you said about, um, you know, art, how it's never kind of finished. You know, you, you edit it and you think it's gone, but then, you know, there's always things to be fixing up on it. And with deadlines, you've got to force the creativity. And both of those things are hard to A, let your work go and to force the creativity to a deadline. Do you find that hard, Rebel? Uh, sometimes I do, yeah, and like like Siggy as well. I do. I am short of time at times, so I really have to sometimes just make a point of doing things. But you you can't really schedule creativity. Mm. So I might go, okay, this afternoon I'm going to do do this work. But then this afternoon comes, I don't really feel like it. This afternoon I feel like it at midnight or something, <laughs> yes. or, or when I'm sitting at work doing other stuff. So. <laughs> Really, it can be difficult, but then I guess as the deadline gets closer, suddenly I seem to have to find more time to just get in and, and do it. Mm. And do you find that when you have less time, you use it more productively, Rebel? Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think that comes from my newspaper background of uh -huh. having quick deadlines as opposed to if someone says, oh, get it to us whenever, you'll never see it. Yeah. But if they get it to me tonight, I'll get it there. So. Mm. I work better to a really short deadline, I think. So I have to have to teach myself to work more productively over a longer period of time. 
And so your process is different because I love how you said you can spend a whole day just on a stanza. And I love that because, you know, playing with words is so fun and rewarding. So do you feel the opposite? Do you feel like you need more time for that creativity or can you be really productive if you're under the pump? Well, I've never had to work to a deadline with writing, although in my other job as a lawyer, I have to work to deadlines all the time. Mm. Um, and I find that the same as what Rebel says, if there's a deadline, you read, you actually do it. Um, if yeah. someone says, no hurry, you know, then it doesn't get done. <laughs> but I find with, with writing, um, I have to just have nothing else in my head and just uh, just clear it for for the writing mm. process um, and then it comes I had I had I've had a few um, bursts of creativity where I've written like five or six manuscripts and then I've gone for a few years without writing anything so wow yeah it's quite interesting that um, sometimes I can just write without thinking and the plot just comes together like what happened with my dead bunny and Lena um and other times i struggle um yeah creativity is such a weird beast though isn't it you know mm. writing mm. five in one go and then not writing for years that blows my mind because yeah it's really interesting how creativity and you know I, I guess sometimes i mean there are studies that if you say to yourself all right at this point of time in the week i'm going to be creative and write the thing or paint the thing they say that your brain gets used to that and so you can sort of produce creativity at that time but you know it's not a doesn't always work that way I guess it's a good theory though <laughs> now we're talking about picture books and you know I told you why I thought that was so important as well we talked a bit about joy etc but you could you, know, you guys could write anything so Ziggy why picture books specifically um well I like I like the, the the way that I can actually see my words coming to life and I like the fact that children can put the words and the pictures together and and it it all builds up in their in their mind as a it's a it's a it's a visual and it's a a narrative medium that that if you get it right in the, in the right combination together can really um have an impact and i remember as a child um reading hundreds and hundreds of picture books and all sorts of books i mean I grew up in South Africa. We didn't have TV until I was about 13. There was no TV in the country. So all we could do was really read books. And uh, I just developed such a love of books. And uh, when I had my own kids, I enjoyed reading picture books to them. And I thought, well, it would be the sort of picture books I would like to write for them. And that's how it started. Um, yeah, just for me, that's the medium that I most enjoy. Mm. And I love watching my own kids, you know, read. They read the books with the words, but they often then just read the books with the pictures. And often, you know, they're complementary, but you can find two different stories in there sometimes. So I think they're mm. actually, you know, far more complex than, than, you know, we may give them credit. And there's really, humour in the pictures as well yes. as in the words. So you can find two parallel, you know, types yeah. of humour going on. Absolutely. I love that. Rebel, what about you? Why picture books? I mean, you're an illustrator, but <laughs> you could illustrate other things. What was it for picture books with you? Um, I think it's just because they can be the silliest, funniest, most bizarre of all the types of books, I guess. I find it, they're colourful, they're fun, they're imaginative, all the things that I love, and you can be a little bit crazy with them, and I am a, bit, a little bit crazy at times, so it kind <laughs> of well. And like, like Ziggy was saying, the the story can tell you one thing and the pictures can tell you the same thing but they can also have their own story within them 
said there's so much to it for a child to explore and the page is not just the story but their own way of thinking about what does that what's that character like and what are they doing and what's happening in the background so I just like all the extra little bits and pieces that go into to the picture books yeah that's what I should have said (laughs) both your answers were wonderful (laughs) (laughs) a rhyme though so that would have been even better (laughs) what defines a Ziggy Cohen book I don't know. I, I, I'm very influenced by certain writers, uh, as I was in my youth, and um, I like irreverent sort of types of stories that are unconventional and kids will surprise kids and delight them in, in unexpected ways. Um, I, don't, I don't veer away from things that are gross or supernatural or, uh, or a little bit scary. Um, I think that Kids often like scary, although I have heard some stories about kids who didn't appreciate, the parents who didn't appreciate their kids digging up their dead pets. Uh, I can't understand why. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think, I, think um, I try and be a little bit uh, different to what's out there and... Um, I, I like I like gross humor, but not scatological humor. Um, I like to just um, write fresh things, and uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with the ones I've done. I think they sort of go the gamut of those sort of types of books. I love your work, Ziggy, um, and I'd also sort of add from a reader's perspective that you know dark humor and that, that real quirk, which is you know that freshness, I guess you bring to stories. Um, you know, one of my favourite books of yours is something weird about Lena too. Maybe because I've read it a thousand and fifty times. It's really grown on me. <laughs> Rebel, what read it more times than I have. Probably, yeah, probably. And there's probably more reading ahead for me too, although she can read herself now, so she reads it to me. <laughs> Rebel, what defines a rebel book? I think it probably comes down to a, the certain type of character that you'll you'll spot throughout. And it's if you look at my little my characters in my illustrations and even in I've got a few ideas up my sleeve of books to write and everything you'll see there's a always a bit of a slight bit of confusion a confused look a bit of shock of what's going on here I don't know what's happening but I'm happy to go along with it kind of vibe so <laughs> if you look at the food or friend book you'll see a frog kind of looking a little bit stunned and other and looking a little bit confused but everyone's kind of fine to be there and same with <laughs> see the odd mozzie going why am I here what's going on I'm a little bit little bit confused and I think that all is kind of based on me in a way <laughs> I, I love it happy to be here <laughs> we're gonna look at those pictures now and look at them a little bit differently <laughs> oh this is you'll see, a, you'll see a lot of confused looking animals or, or slightly weird bizarre kind of wondering what's going on <laughs> I love that I think that's my face most of the day <laughs> I have told you my daughter's a huge fan. I've pre-recorded a question that she wanted to ask you because she's a huge fan of yours. I really like the book There's Something Weird About Lena and I have a question. Why did you choose a hyena as Lena at the end? I I think it's because no one has ever delved into the genre of where hyenas. Um, And uh, I I like hyenas. I think they're quite attractive animals in an ugly way. Um, and I thought that uh, the idea of a little girl who looks a bit feral 
And I don't, I don't know if I should give away the ending of the book. To but that's okay, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, I think also because it rhymes with Lena. <laughs> but, but no, I, I had this idea of, of images that would suit the story and that I thought that would be a great fit for the particular plot that I had in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, she's so going to be thrilled. Really now, a question I ask all my guests that come onto the podcast is, why do you write? And Rebel, I'll extend that to you. Why do you write and illustrate? So, Rebel, do you want to go first for this question? Um, I can't not do it, I guess. I, I always find if I'm sitting down watching TV, anything I'm doing, I'll always have a paper and pencil and I'll either be coming up with a little story idea or coming up with a illustration that has a story to it. I just can't help myself, basically. It's my happy place. Mm, absolutely. Ziggy, why do you write? Well, I'm kind of an introvert. Um, I don't know if you've been able to tell, but um, I find that it's a great way of putting out my humour and um, uh, it's it's. I don't have to put myself out there, but I can actually focus myself in, in my writing and um, and um, let my creativity tell a story, you know, create the story. And um, um, that's, that's, that's why I write, because I can, you know. I've always uh, enjoyed writing from a young age. And uh, I think you do what you, what you feel most comfortable with and what you're best at. And uh, I feel comfortable rhyming <laughs> and writing humour. Yeah. I love that. I love how that's it gives you an outlet. Answer. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I love how it gives you an outlet and, you know, you're saying you're an introvert, but then you still get to get, you know, all those thoughts and humour out that you may not be able to. Um, that's fantastic. And I love how, Robbie said you just, you can't not do it. So that's cool as well. <laughs> it's been so, um, so lovely chatting to you about your work and your processes and, and, you know, why you write picture books and why they're so important. So I really enjoyed our chat today and I absolutely love both um, of the work that you guys are producing. So thank you so much for spending some time chatting with me today about your work. Thank you very much. It was great fun. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.